they used to watch 200 movies a year and it was part of my yeah. job i wondered i, I was gonna ask yeah i had spreadsheets and i would mark what i saw in the year in the director and now i'm lucky if i see like 30 a year because i this job doesn't include movies yeah <laughs> and, right. and my daughters are eight and five and it's just crazy busy life and i'm not prioritizing as much but i know i'll have another time in my life where i'll get re-obsessed and i'm still trying to keep up i try to keep up with the important stuff yeah, I mean, but just, i haven't seen uh, the scorsese yet have that, you? no i've been dying to but yeah i was gonna say 30 a year is still pretty darn good especially these days and with a family and the immense responsibilities you have which we'll get into too so i'm impressed just by that i I want to do better, but I guess I'm prioritizing like yoga and stuff. Now, well, so. yes. And <laughs> namaste to you. I understand yeah, that namaste. too. Namaste. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited, thrilled and honored to welcome to Omapod one of the most powerful people in the city. Rachel Jacobson, president of Heritage Omaha. A lot of people read about Heritage, and for those that don't know, Heritage has made a huge contribution to, I would say, all of our everyday lives. But how would you explain it to someone and kind of the elevator pitch? What is Heritage to someone who's never heard of it before? We're a nonprofit organization that's committed to developing impactful philanthropic projects, and they're designed to enrich the Omaha community. It was founded by Walter Scott, who was the CEO of Kiwit at the time, I believe. He founded it in 1989. So he was instrumental in starting the zoo. He has done a ton for University of Nebraska, Omaha, and for Metro, and for tons of organizations in town. And the story is that him and Bob Doherty, who was the head of Valmont, and Willis Strauss, who was Northern Natural Gas, that they were all together and talking about the fact that Jocelyn Art Museum and the Durham Museum, which was then the Western Heritage Museum, remember that? Yes, I do. That they needed huge capital campaigns. But the staff just didn't have the capacity to do a massive building project and fundraising project at the same time as they were running the museum. And they also wanted to see if they were going to invest significant funds, a big influx of funds into the organization. They wanted to take it to the next level operationally as well and programmatically. And so these were the campaigns that created that wing of Jocelyn that was built in the 90s and that turned that train station into the gorgeous Durham Museum, renovated Durham Museum that it is. Yeah. And since then, so my predecessor, Sue Morris, ran it for 25 years. Wow. So it's mostly been her leadership and her work. I'm lucky to have her assistant who is here with her for 20 years. And wow. And has been with three. So really amazing. And then Walter got together basically a board of philanthropists and people with capacity who identified what major projects would really contribute to the fabric of the city. And they knew and had the connections and the money and the access to money to be able to execute these. And so they did, then it was the Air and Space, the SAC Museum, the Air and Space Museum. Yeah. They did CHI Health Center, which was then the Quest Center. They did, they led that project, even though it was 
mostly funded by tax exempt bonds, the philanthropic part and just the whole effort they led. Siemens Stadium at my alma mater, Central High School, they did yep. the Holland Performing Arts Center. And they did that along with the Orpheum renovation. They did Charles Schwab Field for the College World Series. More recently, they've done the VA Ambulatory Care Center, which was a big addition to the VA hospital, Sienna Francis House. And when I came in, they had already started ramping up the project with Exploratorium that would become Kiwit Luminarium. So, so basically uh, everything in town. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Almost. Almost. Yeah. A lot of the big projects in town, Heritage helped execute. Everything cool. And you're, you know, in film streams, obviously this is an organization you, of course, were familiar with. Was it something where when that position came open, you thought, ooh, this is interesting, or do they come to you? Or how does that lead to you leaving your baby and starting a new chapter? Yeah, Sue was stepping down. I had heard that she was going to step down in a year and that Walter was also going to step down. They were both stepping down at the same time and that Mike McCarthy was going to be board chair and that he was going to be looking for someone to run it. And I didn't really conceive of that as something that would be for me. Um, You're like, where are the, you know, where's the films involved in this? Uh, yeah. And But when Mike called me into his office, he said, we're talking to a lot of people in town who are mostly fundraising professionals, philanthropic leaders who could potentially do this. And he's like, there's just not that many people who have done building projects, capital campaigns, and institutional development. We do all of those things. And I had done all of those things. I had done two capital campaigns, Ruth Sokoloff and the Dundee Theater. And I had led the building projects and I had built the institution from the ground up and then also tried to take it to the next level to justify the Dundee expansion. And so I guess I, when I started to understand how my experience related to it, I, I got more interested in it and I immediately wanted to see more diversity on the board. Yeah. <laughs> it was all men at the time. And he agreed that we need to bring some <laughs> women on the board. And so we did, which is great. But it was just exciting. I knew it would be a lot of pressure. And I think I had thought, oh, my kids are young. I'll do something easier. Like I'll do something that won't be quite as all-encompassing, yeah. which dreams had really been. A lot of I, I didn't talk to very many people about it, only like my husband and my friend Katie and everyone was really encouraging. And the timing seemed right at the time, but I gave notice in February of 2020. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So A I lot more Zoom than you had anticipated, I would guess. The organization was in such a great place. So I felt really like it was the right time to leave. I also felt like it was the right time to leave because we had this amazing education director, Diana Martinez, and I wanted her to be artistic director. And I needed to take a step back in order to hand that off to someone because yeah. I couldn't get any fingers out of the programming. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I decided to just go for it. And it's really interesting coming into an organization that's had so much success, but also 
needs to continue to evolve as we all are as society's changing and everything's changing. So sure. it's been really interesting. And then my first project was incredible. It was Luminarium and I had been to Exploratorium and I knew how awesome that was and how amazing it would be to work with that team. And when I started to get to know them, oh my gosh, that was such a fun experience working with the Exploratorium team. They were unbelievable. So, and then is there yeah. any sneak preview off into the future that you can give us? Or are you so enmeshed in what you've got going on right now? Or how do you look to the future too? I guess I'm curious to know as far as what you guys get behind. So we opened Luminarium in April. I'm still involved there through at least the end of the year. And I'm really close with Silva and I love that work so much that I might stay involved there a little bit too. And then we've got the Central Public Library. Heritage started Do Space in 2015 as basically an experiment in a digital library in an old borders that they've renovated into a digital library. Yes. And it's saw a million visitors and it's like everyone from people who didn't have internet access to people who wanted to use the free Photoshop or the free laser cutters to start up their businesses. So that was a huge and interesting success. And we really wanted to model what kind of services could be in libraries in addition to all the great services that libraries are already providing. And so that concept led into this central public library concept and that's just been really all-encompassing but awesome and exciting work we have two local design firms ellie pointer maquetto and hdr we've got a national library consultant margaret sullivan and we're working with opl staff and leadership and the city leadership and the opl board and city council and do space staff to really do something unique with all the incredible assets we have here so it's what it's are you most ex part. what are like what about the new library do you think is gonna blow our minds <laughs> first of all that area of town in general is so underutilized right now it's just a thoroughfare right yeah. like and between this and crossroads it really is you know it's back in the center of our city and it should be I'm hoping that it'll be a catalyst for better and more dense development in the area in general. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the outdoor space. There's a beautiful little courtyard. There's going to be a big do space section that's on the same floor as the children's section that's going to be really welcoming. But then that first floor is going to be a whole mix of things. Everywhere you look, you'll see it all. Books, you'll see technology, you'll see cozy places to sit. We'll have a coffee shop on that floor and it'll just be this vibrant hub of activity. And that's what that's what we've seen happen downtown at the parks. So you see everybody. Right. You know, because these are free places for everyone and they're so well populated. And when I bring my kids down there, they end up making friends all over the place from all over the city. And so I hope this becomes that kind of third place where everyone feels at home. Everyone has a reason to be there. There's just not enough of that when we're always in our cars and always in private spaces. Yeah, and I think it's incredible you bring that perspective to such a powerful organization 
And yeah, can't wait to see it. I have to say, even the Deuce Base out at Abraham's, I've recorded a couple episodes there. That's really well done. And I grew up right, that was my, I grew up in Northwest O by there, and I was not sure how it was going to integrate in there, but that's really well done. So I can't imagine how great it's going to be in the new spot. Yeah, that's exciting too, because hopefully that do space that Abraham stays and it's not just a prototype. And hopefully we see that kind of integration throughout the city because like a um, do space in every branch. Yeah. Yeah. Or at most branches that at all the branches that want them or need them. And really I'm an English major. I love physical books and materials and I love the way that librarians have always been there to help people access the kind of information that they need. But there also are civic public spaces in our social infrastructure. And so we should just find all the ways to use that space through partnerships, through having really flexible spaces. That's another thing that the new library is going to have. It's just a ton of different conference rooms, a ton of different places just to camp out and work like a big event space so that people have every reason to be there and to populate it for different things. Yeah, and it's Omaha needed. I think we're around the same age and I grew up here too. And we badly needed those spaces and the opportunity for the integration and a great mix of diverse people to come together. So I really appreciate that. Before we go real quick, do you have a dream project you could tell us? Or what does Omaha need that you maybe have in the back of your mind that drives you that you could share with us, (laughs) if anything? I don't know if I can share anything, but (laughs) because everything right now is just ideas and stuff. But I think both these projects are educational, visitor experiences, fun, vibrant spaces for people to be. That's one thing that Heritage has been really good at, but there's also so many social service organizations that have interesting ideas for building projects and for co-located services and housing and things like that. So I think that there'll be opportunities to do stuff beyond just the exciting visitor stuff, but projects that really serve the most vulnerable Omaha and contribute to a brighter, better city for everybody. On that note, Rachel Jacobson, thank you so much. Again, thank you for all you've done for the city and and appreciate your leadership and your time today. And and thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Tony. I appreciate it. 